Andrew Carter, sports writer and just an all-around writer regarding North Carolina for the Raleigh News and Observer, has written a fabulous article about the Requiem for North Carolina's Tobacco Road as it loses stature in a changing college sports world. And this one hit home for me because I was actually uh, raised on a tobacco farm, and I picked it when I was younger. And, of course, I grew up a college basketball fan, and certainly Andrew did as well. Andrew Carter joins us now. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing great, Chad. Thanks for having me. It sounds like I should have talked with you for the story. <laughs> I actually, uh, I, when I read about how many tobacco farms were in Orange County and Durham County, I can't, couldn't help but think I grew up on one of them and, yeah. and, and was doing stuff in the 90s there, as a matter of fact. You actually went out and uh, the went to see how many tobacco roads there truly were in North Carolina for this, right? I did. Yeah, I did. Um, and, you know, it's not tremendously difficult. Fortunately, you can search by road name uh, online with the NC Department of Transportation, and there's turns out there's uh, eight or nine actual literal tobacco roads. And you know, I thought it might be interesting to go out and just kind of have a look see at a couple of them. There's one um, in Edgecombe County that I visited uh, near Rocky Mount on the Edgecombe County side of it. Uh, that I checked out and then uh, actually made the drive out into Rockingham County and saw tobacco roads uh, out there, which really beautiful rural countryside, you know, great views of the Piedmont in the distance. But yeah, you know, I was just interested in kind of that juxtaposition between the tobacco industry and obviously it's changed a great deal uh, for better or worse. And, you know, we could all spend a lot of time on the ills of tobacco and you know, kind of the harm it's caused society over the years, but certainly also was, you know, a crop that built North Carolina, um, you know, a hundred years ago or whatever. So I was interested in exploring some of that history and connecting it to quote unquote tobacco road. We all know tobacco road is, you know, as this great basketball thoroughfare, so to speak. And it wasn't just that college basketball and tobacco were just two popular things in North Carolina, but they, rose to prominence separate from one another, they were really tied in to one another in various different aspects, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, like you can't tell the story of North Carolina without either one. Um, and, and the phrase Tobacco Road, you know, becoming popular and prominent back in the 1940s, even before that, you know, I found references to quote-unquote Tobacco Road in the sports sense. You know, in, in newspapers back as early as 1935, 1936. Of course, those early references were probably inspired by the play uh, and the book. It was a book. Uh, Tobacco Road was about uh, a family of sharecroppers in Georgia, and then it was a, a pretty popular play uh, you know, throughout the 1930s and 40s, a controversial play. Uh, it was the long, longest-running show on Broadway for a time. The touring version of it was banned in different cities because it was so controversial and kind of, uh, you know, for its day, um, you know, a little bit salacious or scandalous, if you will. But, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I just think, you know, going back to the history of this state in particular, how it rose to prominence from an economic standpoint, what really fueled it. You know, tobacco built everything in North Carolina in the early 1900s. Now, you think from a university point of view, Duke University, named after, you know, named after Washington Duke. Uh, you know, Reynolds Coliseum at NC State being named 
after a tobacco magnet. Um, you know, tobacco money fueled Wake Forest move out of Winston-Salem or to Winston-Salem out of the town Wake Forest uh, back in 1956. So it's, you know, so many different aspects of you know our history in this state, uh, the economy, sort of the roots of business, and how North Carolina grew. You know, you can't tell that stuff without tobacco. Really, tobacco was the main part of it for so many years. And then, you know, Tobacco Road itself kind of being an offshoot, being an offshoot of that in the college sports world. And, you know, I wrote that in a story that there's no place like Tobacco Road in turn, you know, in college basketball and college athletics. Um, and when I drive throughout, especially eastern North Carolina these days, whether it's a story assignment, we're on the way to the beach or whatever. And, you know, anytime I find myself out that way, you know, you're just struck by all these abandoned barns kind of on the, <laughs> on the roadside. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I've, you know, this is an idea I think I've always wanted to explore a little bit. And, you know, there's some symmetry and, and I think it's intertwined in a way, the decline of, of this industry that, that built this state and also kind of, you know, the precarious state of college athletics and the uncertainty and not knowing, you know, are the big four of Carolina, State, Duke, and Wake, are they going to be in the same conference, uh, you know, going forward? Is this yeah. thing going to kind of fall apart at some point? So I just think there's a lot of different layers worthy of exploration and, and thought. And it's fitting because tonight, tracing it right up to latter day, Reynolds Coliseum is going to be packed for Tobacco Road matchup with women's college basketball with NC State taking on North Carolina. It will be a favorite pitch just as much. And, of course, as you mentioned, Reynolds Coliseum, name for a man, very prominent in the tobacco world. Can you hold on for one more segment? Sure. Okay, great. Andrew Carter is going to stick around. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, his memories of Carolina Duke as we're 48 hours away from the first Carolina Duke game. And, of course, the lingering question with all the conference realignment, and as Andrew touches on in this fantastic article, is how many more times will Carolina and Duke meet as conference rivals? Talking with Andrew Carter from the Raleigh News and Observer about a column that came out yesterday, a requiem for North Carolina's Tobacco Road as it loses stature in a changing college sports world. Andrew has been a college basketball fan, I would Gather from your previous writing, Andrew, most of your life. Is that fair to say? Grew up here, grew up in Raleigh in the midst of it. And like any kid who, you know, who, who comes up around here and is a sports fan, yeah, you, you become sort of, uh, you know, it, it, yeah, it's a big deal. You know, and it was for me as a kid, certainly kind of, you know, being, being in the thick of it as a, as a fan and a spectator. Among my earliest memories is my mother, who was a staunch Carolina fan, shrieking at the television. My mother, a very calm, mellow person ordinarily, really getting mad whenever Rich Yonaker got the ball because she did not want him shooting the ball. She would rather have the ball <laughs> in Phil Ford's hands or Michael Korn's hands. What are your earliest memories of the Carolina-Duke rivalry? Oh, golly. You know, I probably – some of those early '90s games, you know, the bloody Montrose game mm-hmm. sticks out when I was a kid. Um, you know, some of those really intense ones when Duke had uh, Hurley, Leitner, and Hill, and you know, Carolina had Montrose and those guys that won the '93 championship. You know, yeah, that was sort of, you know, almost the peak of it up to that point. I think of the rivalry. Obviously, they played some classic games before that, but I think you could make an argument that that's really when the rivalry kind of took on its modern form. 
you know, was in the you know those late '80s, early '90s years because of course you know Duke winning back-to-back national championships. I think that up the ante. Carolina winning it '93. Um, you know, I really remember the '95 game at Cameron, uh, and of course Duke was not very good that year. That was the year that uh, Coach K missed most of it with his back issues. Right. Um, but the great double overtime uh, game, Jeff Capel hitting that shot that I think sent it to the second overtime, or maybe the first. I can't remember. Um, yeah, I think that's you know, just, second. yeah. There's so many moments yeah. that, that stick out, and I was so into it <clears throat> as a kid and, and growing up that I I, uh, I snuck into Cameron Indoor Stadium um, <laughs> a couple times. One time I, I got in there and they kicked me out when I was a senior in high school. Uh, and was threatened with arrest. <laughs> I've written about this before. Yeah. Um, and then actually got a ticket stub um, from some folks who were leaving at halftime and, and made way, made my way back into the second half. That was the 1999 game at Duke. Mm-hmm. So that one certainly sticks out. And then you know, I've been fortunate enough as a journalist and, and a reporter who's covered it just to cover a decent amount. I think I was trying to count them up. I think the one... Uh, coming up here, I think will be the twentieth one that that I've had the chance to actually cover uh, journalistically. This uh, is a but yeah. There's nothing like it. Sadly, this is the first one after the death of Eric Montross, and I thought about Eric when he came aboard as a freshman um, back in ninety ninety one, and even years later when he was on the air with the Tar Heel Sports Network as a color man, he wasn't afraid to give what he truly thought about Duke. But there is a difference between what the rivalry was when Montrose played and the way it is now. Because back then, while there were players jumping to the NBA early, they would still stay long enough for animosity to develop between the two schools. And now, at least in most cases with Duke and some cases with Carolina, it's just not that way. No, you don't have that anymore. And, and that you know, you're right. I think that has cost. Uh, the rivalry, a bit of its luster, but, um, you know, I, I don't know if it's decreased any among the fan bases, among people who've been here for a long time and who have been, you know, watching it, observers of it, if you will. I, I, you know, I do think it takes something away maybe from the team dynamics because you, know, you have a, a little bit of that old school flavor this year because you got some guys who've been a part of it for a while, you know, Jeremy Roach for Duke and you know, of course, Armando Baycott, R.J. Davis at Carolina, those guys have, have been around for years and years. And I think in a way, you know, NIL deals and players having an opportunity to, to make some money could incentivize some of them to stay around longer. So you could have maybe, you know, a bit of a going back to what it was like before. But you're right, it's not, it's not what it was when you had, you know, teams kind of grow old together um, and you had players going back and forth. Uh, you know, year after year after year and, you know, creating memories and animosities and, you know, just kind of lingering feuds, if you will. You have less of that, but, you know, at least in my years covering it, I haven't noticed any sort of uh, decrease in interest or people not being as into it as they were. You know, I think this is a little bit immune from that. I think there are some aspects of college sports that are not immune to that or, or it has taken a toll. I think college basketball as a whole, I think that's one of the reasons why it's not quite the sport that it was years and years ago. But I think within this little bubble here and this one particular game between two schools, I think it's it's intense as, as ever. And you know, I, I have no reason to doubt that that's going to change 
um, unless they wind up in different conferences, which, yeah. you know, TBD on that. Yeah, I, I, I was about to say, I don't want this to wind up like Kentucky, Louisville, or Xavier, Cincinnati, yet I fear that, and, and of course you touch on this in your column, uh, a requiem for North Carolina's Tobacco Road as it loses stature in a changing college sports world. I fear that may be the path we're headed down, and yet it has nothing to do with basketball that's going to lead it there. Correct, yeah, and that's, you know, and I've written this a time or two. I believe my, my colleague or columnist, Luke DeCock, has touched on it too. It's one of the reasons why, you know, the folks running college athletics should figure out a way to separate football, make football its own thing. You know, come up with a number, whether that's 48, 64, you know, the top 70 program, or so whatever you want to do, like figure it out and separate that out. And I know it gets complicated with TV deals and conferences that have different contracts with different networks, yada, yada, yada. But you're destroying everything else about college athletics for the sake of football TV. Um, it's asinine. It's nonsensical. Uh, I think you're going to wind up killing the product. Uh, and yeah, like college football, you look at ratings, you look at popularity. You're right. Like it, it's never been more popular. The people who say that hundred percent, but I do think over time, if you erode the fabric that has sort of made college athletics, what it is to this point, if you get rid of that, you're going to turn people off. You know, I think about in North Carolina in particular, I know UNC fans or uh, some of them are all a flutter about, oh, we need to get to the Big Ten. We need to get to the SEC. We need to leave NC State behind and Duke behind and blah, blah, blah. Well, those games against Duke and State are the ones that people here care about. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, frankly, they're not going to care about a Carolina whatever Big yeah. Ten matchup. SEC, okay, maybe a little bit different because you have more local ties there. But a lot of those SEC schools already have their rivals. I mean, you think Alabama is going to care about playing UNC or Tennessee or Georgia? No. I mean, they care about what they've already established. So I think you're, you know, you're getting to a point where you're messing with what made this whole thing special and unique and really allowed college athletics to rise to this point, and you're going to do stuff that tears it apart, which is nonsensical to me. And uh, you know, and when I think about quote unquote Tobacco Road. That's one of the most sacred and special things I think throughout college sports, and the thought that it could be ruined in pursuit of football TV money. You know, I think that's the thing that should concern everyone who cares about it. Well, you can read more about it with a requiem for North Carolina's Tobacco Road as it loses stature in a changing college sports world. It's on the News and Observer. You can go to the website. You can also pick up a print edition. Check it out. Andrew Carter beautifully weaves two. Uh, pillars of North Carolina, tobacco and college basketball into one and how they may be headed down the same path. Andrew, it's always great talking to you here. Fantastic segments here today. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate you having me on, man.